0: Hello folks and welcome to the Elforn Podcast Sponsored by Beth red and produced by Feed Ignite My guest this week is footballer Stephanie Roach Yes, Stephanie currently plays for the Irish Women's National Team And she's back at Mount United Where she made a massive uh, mark in her career early on She's had a great career She's played in the likes of Italy, France, the UK uh, She played for Sunderland obviously in the UK And all in all, a really, really nice girl A lovely girl great knowledge of the game she does punditry on rte uh, and she's a co-commentator too so i was really i was it was a pleasure to have stephanie on the podcast and of course that goal that goal she scored firstly she put you know the women's game on the map uh, by scoring that goal and for it being nominated for a Puskás award it was just a big it was, it was a massive moment for the women's game. And, you know, we talk about the women's game now and how much has progressed over the years and how it's getting better and better every year. And it's really, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's positive. It really is positive and it's great to see. It really is. Especially with me having, I have a young daughter, you know, and I hope to see her in a couple of years watching the women's game, you know, with the passion, the same passion that I watched the men's game as well, you know. I'm following the women's game at the moment with the Man United team and they're they're fantastic. They're doing great. So it's it's really great to see and um just had such a great time with Stephanie on the podcast. She was fantastic. Uh, she's obviously a Man United fan. We talk about Man United as well. We talk about Ole and the current team. And yeah, just a lovely girl. And uh what a goal. <laughs> what a goal that she scored. She deserved to win in my opinion you know that's that's my opinion about it but um yeah i really hope you guys enjoy this and it is the al foreign podcast stephanie roach game on get 30 pounds in free bets from betfred when you sign up and stake a tenner football racing rugby boxing betfred have markets available on all of the biggest matches races fights and more Download the Betfred app from the App Store or Google Play Store, or sign up through Betfred.com. Game on! 18 plus UK and Northern Ireland only. First sports bet of £10 and over in one transaction, settled in 60 days. Odds evens, brackets 2.0 and over, £30 free bet paid within 10 hours of bet settlement, 7 day expiry. Payment restrictions apply. SMS validation may be required. Full terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. I'm delighted to be joined by Stephanie Roach. Stephanie, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, do you know what, Stephanie? This is disgraceful on my part because we've had this so far. You're the first female guest we've had in a in this oh, really? season so far. Yes, I know. I know. I'm
1: beyond having
0: me up. I I know. I've I've. It's. I think it's with my content. My content is so kind of directed at the male audience that I kind of have a a, a small female audience. I need to do more impressions of like, you know, the Kardashians and the Kate Winslets and <laughs> the Kate Hudsons and the Jennifer Aniston's. I think I need to just pick up on that. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm really happy to have you on. And um, how, obviously, we were talking before we started recording. How have things been for you so far in the pandemic?
1: Yeah, it's been great since I've been able to go back football and um, I yeah. think like most people I was getting sick at all home workouts there's only so many of them you can do so being been yeah. able to actually get back into team environment and even just meeting up with the girls for training and matches like it just brings that bit of normality back into your life you know like on the way everything yeah. else is kind of on hold I've been lucky I've done a little bit of kind of the punditry work and stuff like that so that kind yeah. of keeps my mind active as well but just happy to be back at training. Like, and as I said, lucky to be there because a lot of people aren't, you know, like on the way. So really do have yeah. a privilege
0: to be able to do that. It, it is. The, the home workouts, there's, there's so much of that, I suppose, people can take. You know, I, I, I'm looking at the gyms. I'm so eager to just get back in there because there's no better feeling than being in a, in a gym. It's better stimulation than having the odd few little weights at home and having to kind of look at a screen or whatever. And, you know, it's
1: just... Yeah it's not the same and even just like when you're in the gym you kind of feel like you actually have to give it your all whereas when you're at home if you start getting tired you're like oh i'll just leave it like it's so easy to kind of not have the motivation so yeah Yeah. i'm the same even just getting into classes and stuff like spinning classes and different things like that it just brings a different element to your training so i'm kind of hoping that all happens very soon
0: (laughs) yeah that's great and obviously you know i'd imagine someone like yourself you just Love playing football and even getting back into training and getting back playing is just—it's proper, it's stimulation, I suppose, as yeah,
1: well. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Like, and as I said, like it's—I just feel so lucky that we're able to do it because there's so many people mm. who are. And we played—we played a match last night with the Irish home base, like yeah. out in town and just to be able to be out, lovely evening, kicking a ball, playing yeah. a match, like you're coming off the pitch, kind of going, "I'm so happy that I'm able to do that." Whereas before, in the past, you would have just took it for granted you know, like, the way, <laughs> Yeah,
0: so. there's no better feeling. Um, I just want to talk about yourself and how, kind of, how, growing up, how did kind of football come into your life? Was it kind of a case of, you know, t- t- typical any Irish kid just playing on the road, playing on the green? Was that kind of how it all started for you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I grew up in and um, in a state called Shanghai Cliffs. Yeah. So, loads of friends. All we used to do, like, this year we had, we were actually well first choice with the places we had to play. We had the, the street where we had two big walls across the road, and we painted a wall with goals on, so mm. we played on the street there. We had a field right outside my house we played on, we had a field around the block, around the back. So like, there was pitches everywhere that we were able to use and literally that's all we ever done. We just kind of played matches all the yeah. time. We used to get so serious, we used to get our boots and shin guards and all on and, go to the pitch <laughs> and, and play full 11 v 11. So like everybody got involved as well. It wasn't just the kind of younger kids, it was somebody older Kind of teenagers and all used to come out as well. So I was, I had football around me from a very young age, and yeah. always loved playing, and always loved being the little tomboy running around with the lads.
0: <laughs> well, there was nothing, there was nothing better, especially during those summer nights as well. Years ago, it just seemed as if everything was more kind of bright and and colourful back then during the summer. Because I remember, you know, on our road we'd play on the volley. You know, yeah, 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 and
1: yeah. my yeah. God, my
0: apologies to my neighbors. You know, and, <laughs> and, and and their cars. We never smashed a window or anything like that. We never th- that never happened. But my God, the, the poor old cars used to get pelted out yeah, <laughs> on the there road. Were
1: few smash windows around Shangaan cliffs, sorry. <laughs> <The laughs> scarpers around the estate, running to get away as fast as we could. But yeah, no, it was <laughs> always we always ended up having to get together and pay for it. But now it was it was great. And as I said, just growing up and having that around me all the time helped, obviously. Kind of build my love for football and maybe want to play again for as long yeah. as I have been playing. So that's where it all started. Yeah?
0: yeah, absolutely. And I've obviously the road I grew up on. Kind of, I suppose it's we're all grown up now. And I don't obviously I don't live there anymore. But I don't see the kids playing on the road or playing even on the big green, which is two minutes away from us. But now we, I kind of we moved to this new estate myself and my fiance Allison and and our little baby Sophia. Um. And it's a young estate full of kids. But now I'm seeing all the kids on the green playing football. And it's just great to see. Yeah. You know, it's great to see the the community kind of come together. And, you know, it's it's the best kind of thing, because I suppose you have the likes of the video games and FIFA and all are kind of taken over. So it's it's kind of nice to see that still going nowadays. You know, kids aren't at home. Playing games, yeah. they're out there playing football, you know?
1: I think it's slowly starting to change, isn't it? Because there was kind of that period where Fortnite and FIFA, as you mentioned, was like yeah. the, the thing everybody was doing. And I think more parents became aware of how important it is for the kids to be out and play. So I think more kids have their parents wrecking their heads saying get out and play. Like I know my sister has a fourteen and a thirteen-year-olds, and she's a five-year-old as well now. But the fourteen and thirteen-year-olds trying to get them out of the house at times is impossible. So mm. I think parents are just more aware of. It. And as you say, it's just great to see. Even like I'm living in Dean's house with his parents at the moment, my boyfriend, and mm. like out on the street, there's no actual green and right white beside us. But even just seeing the kids out kicking the ball in the road, you're always kind of like, oh, it's great to see that. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted sometimes. I feel like I want well, to do it. Play with them. <laughs> <laughs> I do, like, but I look like an I look like an age. <laughs> I just
1: I kicking I, the ball in the garden last week. And I was like, I'm sure the people in the road are looking out
0: going, what is she doing? <laughs> 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 oh, it's great. It is. It's it's great to see that. But um, obviously, yeah, you, you know, football obviously kind of came into your life at a, at a very young age. And then it started to get a little bit serious for you. And you got an FAI scholarship to Sally Noggin College. That was kind of, was that the first kind of thing that happened or you were playing you were also playing in a young team before that as well
1: yeah yeah I, I joined my first team obviously I joined the all boys team when I was about 12 that was we, yes. kind of the lads that I played with in Shankill and then the older I got I kind of, couldn't play with the lads at 13 so I ended up Joining a girls' team in Kevin Tealy, and kind of that's where it took off because I was seeing a bit more people know about me a bit more playing with the girls, and mm. a few more kind of coaches from the Irish underage girls' teams were at the matches rather than because when I played with the boys, there wasn't really many girls playing the league, so no kind of scouts around ever came. So when I started playing with the girls, that's kind of where it all started, and I kind of mm. started to get recognised as an underage talent and, and got the opportunities. And I actually ended up going to Salinaugan because I was linked to be able to go to the World Student Games. And okay. I needed to be in college to be able to do that. So like I never, if I'm totally honest, I always just thought about football. I never really stupidly, looking back, thought about my education. It was always just football I wanted to play and, yeah. and do. So when they came and told me I had to go to college, it was almost like a burden. I was like, oh, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> and it's funny because after doing that, then I ended up, we had an Irish camp with Noel King in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And that actually ended up being the same few months as the World Student Games. So after me going to Salinogan for the year, I actually didn't even go to the World Student Games. So I was like, why did I even do all this? But <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of the start of it all. And then obviously I started on the Rage for, for Ireland and and kind of the Indiana trip was kind of my big my step up into the senior international team as well. So it's there's been a lot happening since then. I think yeah, a lot has happened between now and then.
0: Yeah, oh absolutely. And jump to that, your major club debut. I think You were 18 when you made your club debut with Dundalk. Was that?
1: Yeah, I would have probably played from even younger. I remember I played with Stella Maris after I played for Calvin Seeley and I would have been yeah. 14, playing in the under 16s, okay. and then I would have been 16, nearly playing the senior football, you know, like kind on of the way so I played. I was always kind of playing higher than I was. I should have been. Well, I should have been a higher kind of age group than I was. Yeah. Um, I think I would have been 16, 17, probably gone to Dundalk. And um, that was kind of just through. I was playing for Rohini at the time and I remember I didn't just wasn't enjoying it like I didn't like it and I, my dad was really good friends with uh, Colin Murray, Grace Murray who played for Ireland with me, her dad and they were playing for Dundalk at the time so mm. it was kind of just a conversation between us all saying well if you're not happy there why don't you come up and play for Dundalk and I was mm. sent to me that kind of like you're gonna have to bring me so it's up to you like what, are you gonna want to drive me up and down to Dundalk and I ended up going and playing there for, for a season and enjoyed it like it was really good and then kind of there was a talks to the Women's National League coming up and mm. um, I was really meant to be joining. There was Bray St. Joseph's meant to be putting a team in, Bray Wanderers and, and St. Mm. Uh, Joey's boys, St. Joseph's boys and girls, or uh, meant to be putting the women's team into the National League. So that was kind of my next step. And I ended up actually going as a guest player with P-Mount to the, to the Champions League. And yeah. after I came back from the Champions League with p Bray St. Joseph's kind of, were pulling out of the Women's National League so it kind of fell into place that I was able to then stay with Piedmont and, and play in the Women's National League and, and we went on to win the league that season so yeah. yeah Dundalk was kind of just like a little small step in the journey as such uh, I think the in terms of women's football in, in, in Ireland it, it didn't really start to kind of get much recognition until the Women's National League came along in 2011
0: really I think yeah and that you were the top scorer that year as well the first season with, yeah. P- with P-Mount wasn't it yeah.
1: yeah 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 myself and Sarah Lawler to be fair had a really good um, link up she played up in the up top and I played in the 10 so both of us were usually first or second top goals for in the league the first few seasons so it was it was nice to be able to play with someone like that you know
0: yeah no absolutely and yeah it's you had a good few years at at, at mount as well and yeah obviously you're back there now what's it like being back there again because I think it, it kind of was a repeat of the first season you came back and you did the double again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, female to be fair, had gone through a bit of a stage where, like, I, Eileen Gleason, who was the manager when I was there, mm-hmm. she left and went to UCD Waves and there was a little bit of a change within the team. I know that, like, I obviously had been away, so I keep an eye on her from a distance, but, like, they weren't really winning the league much. Things weren't really going great for them. And then James, who's the manager now, came in. And, and they won the league the year before I came in. Mm. And then we were able to win it last year and get the double as well. And it's the first time they win, we won the FAI Cup. So it was a great season. And obviously, last year was the first time kind of the whole COVID thing hit. So it was all a bit of a strange season. So yeah. to be able to finish it off by winning the double was, was amazing. And obviously, I've been away for so long uh, playing professionally and yeah. then dealing with the ups and downs of that. And just mm. being able to come back and be part of... A team like P Mount was was really kind of a breath of fresh air just to be able to to enjoy my football and and obviously it helps when when you're winning titles as well. So
0: yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, I, I suppose everyone who interviews you talks about that goal. Um, <laughs> I, t- I I'm going to say it right here: Stephanie was robbed. You were robbed. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. One of the best goals I've ever seen. Um, I I t- like. The two little flicks and then that just belted into the back of the and it was just unbelievable. Um, and I remember you saying like, you know, did, did you know that someone was recording the goal at the time?
1: I, I didn't really pay attention, actually, when I scored the goal. It wasn't until after the match that I, I noticed the camera and kind of was like, oh, I wonder if you get that. Because like, yeah. sometimes you're like, hit, pretty probably missed it. You know, like, oh, no, I kind of look that you didn't catch it. But after the game, he kind of caught me over and showed it to me. And it's funny because one of the girls, Ruth really Comerford who played with us, was like, oh, that's going to go viral, that's going to go viral. And <laughs> we all obviously laughed and joked about it. But in the end, it did. So, yeah, it was look, it was amazing. And it's obviously a huge part of my career because it's it's probably what a lot of people know me for. But obviously, I was I was quite lucky that it got caught on video first, and obviously, for it to take off the way it did it was just nobody expected that. Like,
0: well, not, not only that, I know it's, you'd say it's good for your career, but from a general standpoint, it was great exposure for the women's game as well. Yeah, you know, it yeah, was great to 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 be at the awards, and you know, you're there with Messi and Ronaldo, and going up against you know Hamas that goal at the World Cup, which was a great goal. Only agree. I'm oh, not as good as yours. <laughs> but it was just, it was. It was it was brilliant exposure for the women's game.
1: Yeah, no, Especially definitely it was. And that's kind of what I tried to do when I did getting it nominated, particularly here in Ireland, because no one really knew about women's football. I think anybody who ever reported on it was reporting on it because they felt they had to. And it was mm. kind of it was the start kind of the, around the start of the league, and not many people really cared about women's football. Thankfully it's it's come on quite a bit since then. So I just really tried to as you say give it as much exposure as I possibly could and as I said I, I never ex- expected like I always remember I was I was playing in France at the time when I came back and I was I game up in Waysides DLR were playing or UCD Ways where Eileen was the manager were playing against Wexford and, mm. and I went up to watch the game and and one of the Wexford players parents came up to me and my dad and we're like oh I heard Steph's goals getting nominated for the postcast like and this was a, a mm. go long t- time before it actually was and, and me and my dad just kind of looked at each other and we're like and I kind of just laughed it off didn't say it. And then obviously a few months later I was back in France and I got the tweet to say I was nominated. And I was like, rang my dad and I was like, eh, your mom was right. I'd ask you to ask me for <laughs> like, test Like it was just it was madness like and as I said, it was just it was a special moment and obviously for the all to be recognized for for the quality that it was and not just that oh it's women's football, you know, it's it's shit, all that sort of stuff that you always listen you used to hear, and it was nice to actually get positive feedback on the women's game and obviously for it to be my goal was
0: nice <laughs> yeah it was it was great um and yeah it's kind of the after that kind of you didn't you move on to was it was a houston you moved on to yeah yeah and that was kind of short-lived there in, in in america was it
1: yeah it was it was a strange one because i remember when i was in france around the whole podcast team there was a lot of stuff going on like the, yeah they were kind of new to the league kind of amateur club trying to be professional, didn't have to deal with international players. And and I even at one stage I had the the club president coming to me and the manager saying that they had to come to the buscast awards at me. And I was like, hold on a second. If I have any tickets to go to the Ballon d'Or my parents are getting it, or my brother's getting it, you know, that kind of way. Mm, so yeah. there was little things that were going on at the club that I wasn't happy with. And I think Obviously, the Puskas kind of gave me an opportunity to to look elsewhere and, and send my clips and videos somewhere, and Euston Dash came in mm. and were interested in in having me over, and I jumped at the chance. I think, obviously, the league is is world-renowned. It's one of the best leagues in the world, so I was kind of like, I'd be stupid not to go, and yeah, it, it didn't work out. Obviously, everybody kind of knows now what happened, and that's that's the highs and lows of football, you know, that yeah. kind of way. I, I felt like I'd done quite well. Um, I felt like I was just getting going, and that we had a couple of injuries. And there's a rule in America that you can only have three international players. And unfortunately, when we got the injuries in, they had to kind of look and and, and drop one of the international players, and and that was me in the end. But it was it was disappointing because I'd obviously gone over there on on the idea that I'd be there for a couple of seasons at least, and, and it, I didn't. It didn't work out. And I was lucky enough that I then got the opportunity to go play in Sunderland and, and mm. had a good kind of three years there. Well. 2 years because I got injured in my last in my last season but I enjoyed my time there as well so look everything happens for a reason and all that but I enjoyed my time in America it didn't work out and as I said that's football it happens sometimes you know sometimes you can have the highest of the highest with yeah. come to the Ballon d'Or and then you can have the lowest of the lows when you're cut from a team and you have to kind of decide then what's next
0: in your career like <laughs> yeah yeah and you spent those those 3 years at at Sunderland and then you did you, you moved on to Italy as well yeah. Uh, how like compare how, comparing the the leagues? How is what's kind of the the toughest league? I know you were saying America, but America, Italy, England are compare comparing those leagues. Which probably were the the toughest.
1: Yeah, they're all kind of different in their own ways. I think. Yeah. Um, America was very very. Like athletic, he could tell all of the the players that were coming into the team were after coming through the college system. They were fit, they were strong, and that's probably something that I never really had before. I was always a technical player. I was always good on the ball. I was I was always quite fit. Don't get me wrong, but mm. the whole like I remember going into training and, and in preseason, and it was just I didn't see a football for like the first few weeks, and I was like, what is going on? Like just complete. Yeah. Military training, type of thing, like, and that wrecked me. Like, my I I remember I pulled my quad the first few weeks and was playing through that kind of trying to get on with it. And I think that was kind of the biggest, I suppose, shock to my system was that like it wasn't just about going out and playing football and enjoying it, it was kind of like there was so much more work going into it. Mm. But like the the NWSL was really physical, athletic, as I said. But I think England for me was probably the best league just in terms of the, yes all the players were kind of on full time contracts so they were kind of yeah. able to fully focus on their on their football and um, i think it was tactically and technically a very good league as well as the players being kind of in very good physical shape as well if that makes sense so i think england for me was probably the best league france i think had the ability to, france, to definitely yeah. progress and italy was the same i think with the likes of Juve and uh, AC Milan Inter Milan kind of coming in last, last season the season before that will mm. definitely help that league progress because obviously the big names teams will obviously uh, attract the big name players that come and play in the league and that can only be better for it. but I think England at the time I was there was booming as well the English national team had just come back from Canada where they finished third and had a really successful tournament so the turnout with the games and the the level of the games was always very good so I think from my own experience being there and the times that I was there England was probably the best league I played in
0: Yeah I think as well I mean looking at all, it's it really is progressing every year especially in England I mean I'm obviously I'm like yourself we're both Man United fans but I'm following the women's team as well and they've kind of just broke onto the scene and it's it's great to see and it's getting a, a lot of attention and of course obviously we had the recent World Cup with, with the USA winning it with you know, yeah, uh, Megan Rapino and you know all of that squad. You know, so it is. It's it's great to see it getting more attention. Yeah, know? definitely.
1: And I think even even with Man United, like obviously this is only their first season. I think in the in the WSL, they obviously played in WSL too beforehand. And they're obviously kind of being pipped to be title contenders. like They've had a really mm. good season this year. And and that's kind of, as I mentioned in Italy, when you have teams like Manchester United, you're going to attract the best players in the world to come. You're Christian Press has gone in there. Tobin yeah. Heath, like they're players who are world-renowned. And it just brings more attraction to the league. And I think the WSL and the FA in England have done a great job in endorsing the league and endorsing the teams. And, and as I said, just attracting the best players around the world to want to come and play in the league. And that's always going to make... The standard, that was going to make the viewership better, you know. Mm. So it's, it's all gone in the right direction. So long may it continue, and, and hopefully Ireland will follow suit very soon and start trying to put a bit more of a, a professional spin on the league here.
0: Touch wood, absolutely, yeah. And obviously, yeah, we talked. You you returned to Pymount. You you won the, the, the double again with with Piedmont and that was probably a great feeling for you as well. You know, coming back to kind of the the club where you kind of made your name in in Ireland so that was probably yeah. a, a nice feeling
1: yeah definitely and like to be honest I I, I said to you I had my injury at Sunderland my last season and it took me a little while to come after I ended up being yeah. out for nearly 18 months and I went to Italy probably at a time where I probably shouldn't have went to Italy but the pressure was kind of on the international stage to be playing professionally so I went to Italy and, and it was a bit of a disaster in terms of the whole club was running the wrong way I wasn't getting paid there were a lot of issues no. off the pitch that, that people wouldn't even believe half of the stuff that went on and I kind of came back and had a couple of stop start things with niggles I was getting I had a calf issue at the very start of the season and a hip injury like just little niggles that I was getting because it was so stop-start with COVID and we weren't really getting a good run of games and yeah. everything was kind of all over the shop so for me I really kind of only start getting going towards the end of the season I mean, I think I had my first kind of three games in a row running into the league final or to the cup final And I think I played really well in that game. I think I was able to show that I'm not not done just yet. I I played well in the game. I scored two goals. I got player of the match. So for me, it was just as much as as silly as this might sound, it was almost like a reminder to me that I still have it. I can still do well. And it gives you that little bit of a confidence boost going into this season and, and I've started well again. So I just feel like that game really kind of gave me the the push to kind of keep going and keep the faith and, and persevere and keep going. So, it was, as I said, it was a nice way to finish the league to, to finish the season, to get the double. And, and for my own, my own personal sake, it made me feel like I I was still an important player, if that makes
0: sense. <laughs> yeah. And I think the most important thing about it is, is the fact that enjoying it, you yeah. know, enjoying playing, That's that's more, I think that's more important than yeah, okay. You want to go out and you want to prove a point, but if you enjoy it, that's
1: yeah, exactly. That's, yes, that's, that's the best battle, thing. isn't it? Yeah, and I think like it's funny because when I was in Italy and I said to you before about France, like many, like you're playing at a professional level, but sometimes some of the teams are very, very far from professional, and people don't understand mm-hmm. that the, the different things that goes on in the women's in the women's game. I think if you're playing for the likes of Arsenal, Manchester United, Man City, they have high standards, but yeah, unfortunately some of the lesser teams they have people on the teams who who don't really have the professional elements just tied down just yet. I mean, so there's a lot that goes on in women's football that people don't actually know about and for me personally I've had to do so much positive work on the women's game that it can be difficult for me then to come out and kind of be negative about it if that makes sense so for me to be able to yeah. just come back to play a team and, and enjoy it it's, it's been really important the last couple of, or the last year so, so I'm just happy to be back and join it
0: yeah, well, I think as well you're as far like you're a great ambassador for the game in general and the women's game. If you do your punditry on RTE as well, um, and I just as well I just want to t- talk about a quote that I heard from I seen that you liked it on Instagram. I liked it as well because it's Laura Woods and I I've known Laura Woods for a few years and she's she's brilliant and she said she said this just about about women in football and it was just such a great point and I Calls out all of the kind of idiots, I suppose. She said, What is what is it about football that people can't accept something if it's coming out of a woman's mouth? Women can be brain surgeons, they can save your life, they can go to the moon, but they can't give you an opinion about football. It's bonkers.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And it is, and it's something that's something that I've like obviously I've done quite a lot of podcasts during lockdown and having these conversations mm. about women in sport and and I think like for me personally, it's definitely changing. Cause I remember mm-hmm. one of the first games I done on TV, I was absolutely breaking it because I know how so many males just don't want to take your opinion. You could be saying everything they're thinking and it's like, oh, she's a woman can't listen to that. Can't listen to her voice. And it's just about getting used to it. Really. I think and even like for myself, if I'm totally honest, like when I hear a female commentary, I'm like, Oh, I noticed it straight away. And I obviously, as a female, give her the benefit of the doubt and listen to what she's saying, and then I'm kind of like, I make my opinion then. Whereas so many, I think, men involved in women's game are in football, they just don't want to hear a female's opinion, and it's almost like they completely dismiss it just by hearing the female voice. It doesn't matter what they're saying, and it can be so frustrating. Like, but I think it's slowly changing. We're getting there. I think, yeah, be quite vocal and talking about matches and stuff like that, and you get people actually interacting with you. It's not. There's less of the kind of all get back in the kitchen type of thing. Obviously, you get the odd person saying and you're able to laugh it off. But most people, I think, are starting to to come around to the fact that actually women do like football and can have an opinion on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Listen, I look at my daughter. She's two years old. And I, of course, I want her. You know, when, when she grows up, hopefully she might watch the Man United games with me. But I'm also thinking as well, hopefully by the time she's 18, or whatever 15th when she's a teenager the women's game has progressed and we're starting to see more of it on on the television and she can watch it and she can enjoy it and she can kind of you know look up to that as well so and I think it is as we we spoke about it it's it's progressing every year and um yeah it is it's great to see the female pundits like yourself and and many others in the UK as well on, on the the likes of BT and Sky, it's great to see it. You know, it really is because, you know, they know more, like, you know, more about me, you've played competitively. Football has been in, you know, has been a huge part of your life, you know? So that's, I think people, I think, you know, men who kind of have that opinion are a bit, you know, a bit silly, you know?
1: Yeah. I think as well, like, obviously, so happy to see women getting an opportunity and i think like there can be like i remember um one of the girls in england getting a bit of stick carney like mm. what she said about leeds and those people absolutely slating her and like i'm not against people having an approach you know not agreeing with what i say but it's when it comes down to the fact that it's a woman that's where it gets a little bit like annoying because you're not actually Annoyed with her opinion, you're actually just annoyed with that—the fact that it's coming from a woman. If that makes sense, or if they're saying the wrong thing that you don't agree with, it comes back to them. Why she's a woman doesn't give it; hasn't got a clue. Why is she doing it? All this sort of stuff. But again, like I just think if you know the game, like what my point that I'm trying to make is that if you know the game and you know what you're talking about, you should be on Mm. TV. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. If you're not like on the way, whereas I think so many there's so many lads who I watch on TV and I'm like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Or like just kind of I talk about his opinion rather than. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be criticised because obviously, as I said, football is a game of opinion. And and that no, if someone else doesn't, that's the joy and the beauty of it. So I don't, I'm not saying don't criticise me or don't have a go at me. Just don't have a go at me just because I'm a woman, is is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're 100%, you're spot on. Uh, Obviously, you know, we're we're big Manchester United fans and it's been a decent season so far uh, under Ollie. What do you think is the next step, though? What, like, Who do they need to sign in the upcoming transfer window to kind of reach that, you know, to reach the level of City and Liverpool? I know Liverpool are a bit behind, but they're still kind of at that level, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been a strange season. I think obviously COVID and that and different teams, I think anybody before the start of the season would have thought Liverpool and City it's going to be between those two again and and to see kind of the downfall of Liverpool and how United have nearly capitalised on it it was was a surprise to most United fans I think but for me I think there was there just seemed to be that little bit of lack of belief I think with everything that went on this season there was actually a point where United could have gone and really competed and there seems to just be that lack of leadership and lack of kind of I suppose when you look at the squad, there's probably players in there who aren't used to winning, you know? If you think about the United yeah. teams over the years, there would have been players who, like Rio Ferdinand, obviously, I think I'm talking about a long time ago now, with Keane and stuff, who, when they could taste that little bit of major successes there, they would have went and got it. And I think the United teams there now, they probably just didn't have that to, to do it. Um, i and close, and in fairness... I kind of always backed Oli. I think he's done quite well when he came in. I think he was exactly what the club needed in terms of getting someone in he knows yeah. the club and knows what it means to play for Manchester United. And I think he really kind of he brought that back into the players and the freedom and the attacking style of football and mm. we'll score more than you type of thing. Yeah. And there were parts. There's times during the year where I'm like, God, oh, Jesus, Ollie, when he couldn't come <laughs> out and speaks after the games. And, yeah. We're not quite, <laughs> quite like contenders. You were saying that. It's like, oh, just shut up, Doc. And like, you just want to go and say, yeah, we're going to get the best shot. We're going to give it a go. Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Look, I think things have gone well. I think having players like Pogba fit, I think, is important. I know he's had his yeah. troubles and he's had his doubters, but his quality shines through whenever he plays, particularly when he's in there with Fernandez. Because yes. I think it's become quite obvious that if Fernandez can't carry him team all season by himself. He's done his best to do it but in the last few games he's he's tired, he's running, he's yeah. trying to do everything and and I we need more quality players like him. I think obviously you talk about what players we need. Like I'm still not convinced that at centre-back we're good yeah. enough. I think Maguire has been a lot better recently and um, I think he's he's been very good in recent games. i give credit where it's due but I think there's just been that little bit of I just think when De Gea, Lindelof and Maguire play together I just feel like they make each other nervous you know, like on the way there's, yeah. a, there's always a mistake ready to happen or a loose pass
0: Simon Delaney the Ireland AM presenter and actor of course yeah famous Irish actor he calls it uh, De Gea um, Lindelof and Maguire the triangle of doom oh stop <laughs>
1: but it is like it's you're just waiting like even when things are going well you're like oh you just don't want to carry out yourself just waiting for something wrong to happen like and again yeah. obviously they're after putting what, 80 million was it for Maguire and he's the England captain he's been made captain so I don't really see him being dropped so it's probably maybe getting a more suitable player to play alongside mm. him and I think that's probably a little bit unfair on Lindelof because there have been times where I've thought he's probably better than Maguire but I just don't see that happening I think
0: but it's, it's not consistent it really that's the issue yeah. they're, they're not consistently good they'll have maybe two three good games and people will be oh maybe it is working and then yeah they'll have you know, four or five calamitous games, and then by has to come in, and Maguire plays plays better with Boy. I think Maguire is the best centre back. I really do. I think a yeah, lot of people. He's the
1: best kind of the traditional, isn't he? He just needs a bit yeah. of pace around them, or someone who can pick up the pieces then as well.
0: That's exactly. And again, it. I
1: think even yeah, even with the Theodore was in central defence, I think that's obviously brings in the debate of Mac and Fred having to play the kind of babysit them. It means. That friend Fernandez is, isn't getting the help he needs in midfield, so nope. it all has a knock-on effect. you not like on the way. Whereas if you had the competent centre, two centre backs playing, you can play a more kind of yeah. adventurous midfielders, and then that obviously adds to the attack. So it kind of, I think it it all stems from that problem, in my opinion. Obviously, I think if we could get the likes of Haaland in in the summer, Jesus, that would be a great, great boy. He's unbelievable. But yeah. I think we're going to be competing with with the likes of City and. And other teams like so, it's going to be hard to to not to nail him down. But obviously, but, I'd love to see players like him at the club. Like,
0: I don't know if you recently seen, um Mino Raiola's quotes. who was also he's Paul Pogba's agent, but he's also yeah, Erling yeah. Haaland's agent. He said he doesn't want to deal with Man City. Um, he doesn't give a, an f u c k anymore. If he if he if he doesn't deal with Man United, um, guy's just a troublemaker, I suppose. <laughs> so hit like. You know, the factor of him being an agent to so many of these great young players, that's, you know, th- I always look at him as as a factor in it because he, he see yeah. so much.
1: Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because even the stuff with, with Pogba, you're thinking, Do you know, I don't want to be dealing with that again by getting someone like that. But I just think, when you look at the players that he has on his books, like, mm. you can't really avoid not getting them, especially, I think, Alan, he's the hottest property in, in football at the moment. I think if you weren't going to get him for me, I think it would be Kane. But again, is yeah. Kane going to go to Man United? I think he's been linked to, to Real Madrid, a few other players, I think it was like City maybe as well. So it's, it's Will, Will United have that pull to be able to get the big players. I don't know, but mm. obviously I think we're not that far off. We really aren't. Like I think no. at times it's just the consistency that's being frustrating. I think we should say like they go out and play excellent in one game and then the next game they're up to in like they've never played football together before. Yeah. Like so, it's I think just getting those maybe couple of quality players in to tie things together. I think mm. it could be a good season next season, but it's just about whether we can draw those players in.
0: Yeah. And the overall foundations at the club have been greatly repaired as well since Solskjaer came in. You know, the the academy is thriving at the moment. Some of the young players coming up look unbelievable. Um you've Garner on loan at Nottingham Forest, you have Ahmad, you have Hannibal Mabry so there's some great, really exciting young players coming up and you didn't hear much of that when Mourinho was there, you know it seemed as if everything behind the scenes was, you know it was plain to see that it was fairly toxic
1: Exactly and I think that's something that Oli has been good with, I think as I said before, he knows what Man United's all about, like he's brought in the likes of Nicky and. Darren Fletcher coming in as a technical director like things like that are, are big steps in the right direction because as I said not only I think Darren Fletcher seems to actually have a proper idea as well as you know it's not just that he's an old player who who knows how the, how the club works he actually seems to to really know what he's talking about and yes. I think he kind of is familiar with those people around him and the, as I said they all have Man United in their veins they want United well so I think Jose at times as much as I kind of defended him I actually did as a manager but I think he just didn't do himself any favours did he he mm. kind of it was always oh, they're not doing this for me. They're not doing that for me. And yeah. he's coming out, the likes of Luke Shaw the stuff that he used to say, it was kind of like oh, like he yeah. just wasn't a Man United manager. I don't think. And and that's that's just what it was. And as I said, hopefully, Ollie with with who he's brought in behind the scenes, and and obviously with what he's doing with the players, hopefully he can kind of kick on and do well next season. But I just think. I think you need to leave him there and let him him see where he goes because I don't really think anybody else is going to come in now with Posh obviously gone to the PSG. I don't really see Mm. who else is going to come in really and take overs and take him to the next level. So I think give Ollie a bit more time and hopefully, as we said, if they can get a few more quality players into that spine of the team, it will help kind of push on and maybe compete a little bit more next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I just as well, I want to talk about the current international break. Pretty unfortunate few games for Ireland. Um you know what what what's next? I think I, I honestly think and they should really stick behind Stephen Kenny. I think he's he has them playing great football. Um, it's gonna take time. There's a lot to be repaired. So I think a case of patience is required with with Ireland currently.
1: And I agree. I think look I've obviously been around Football Like been around the FAI For yeah, the course of yeah. 20 years I've seen how far Free women's football Obviously has come But even just yeah. There's so much That has gone wrong In the past So much That wasn't done When it should have been done And now It's fallen at Kenny's feet You know Like on the way I feel like he Has come in at a time Where we're coming to the end The kind of our Such a difficult Rob time Robbie Ray like, yeah, James McLean like These mm. players have Have kind of played at the highest level in the Premier League they were to the squad and then you've got young players coming through who are new to going to international football or has to play a different style of football there's so many different aspects that Kenny's had to deal with and I think a lot of the problems with the international teams stem from further back it's not just this so yeah. we need to give him time and try to give him a chance to implement the style of play what he's trying to do Mm. And again, I, I don't even think Pep Guardiola could come in and qualify us for this cup. So, why not just give him the end of the campaign and, and see where he can go? Because, as I say, he's been unfortunate as well, like the whole corona thing, he, players yeah. pulling out with me and get forget that. I think some people are just kind of like, oh, Kenny out from the start. It kind of has always been that divide of Kenny in, Kenny out. And now it's like, loose look, that kind of group are like, oh, jump on this now. And mm. He's given them the ammunition nearly to be able to say Kenny out, but yeah, look, I think give him chance, give him a chance to let him get himself to, and, and hopefully the results will start to pick up because I think there's only so much you can say or so many times you can say, oh, we're playing great football without getting the wins. So the pressure is going to come if he doesn't start winning games. I think what he's yeah. trying to do as a player who's played in Irish teams over the years, just lump it and chase it. Like looking at those players they seem to enjoy playing for him so hopefully yeah. he'll be able to get the best out of them and they and can push on and I think it's also about developing players underage too and there seems to be a bit more of a correlation with him and the underage teams as well which will then hopefully mm. flood into the senior team so look there's a lot a lot a lot of that has gone wrong in Irish football over the years and, and as I said, it's, it's Kenny's job to try and fix that so I think we need mm. to stick by him and, and be patient and I think people who are saying Kenny out need to maybe just have a little bit more of a, an open mind and look at, at what he has to do and what he has to work with so be patient. Yeah.
0: And also look at what he's achieved. You know, yeah. you have to look at what he's achieved in, in yeah. the League of Ireland especially, you know, so no, definitely I, I agree it's it's a case of patience. Uh, give him the time to implement that structure into the setup and then um, you know exactly. you could be smiling again smiling and, and watching great football you know nothing better than that <laughs> hopefully we get exactly there. but um, Stephanie honestly I, I want to thank you so much for for coming on Um, you know it's a great pleasure and you know it's you're a great ambassador to the women's game in this country you know so it's very 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 proud to have you on this podcast as well so yeah thank you so much for coming on and um, no hopefully hopefully all will be well in the next couple of months and COVID we'll be able to see fans back in stadiums for the women's games for the men's games and
1: we're in football together yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah there's nothing better I mean football brings a smile onto everyone's face so absolutely
1: thanks for having me out enjoyed it
0: no problems definitely take care Build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with Betfred's Pick Your Punt Builder. Corners, cards, goalscorer and more. They've got them all. Download the Betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Singles only. Pick Your Punt Builder is available on selected matches at Betfred's discretion. Visit betfred.com promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions.